This experience is best with headphones. This is a program in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. For more information and additional programs, visit us at openandclear.com. For any questions you would like us to focus on, comments about the show, inquiry about advertising with us, or just want someone to talk to, please visit us there at openandclear.com. Hello, Christine. <laughs> Hello, <you> Devin. <laughs> so I'm glad we got on it today. I was afraid we were yeah. going to miss out on today's right. episode. That would be good. Yeah, no. So, so how did you want to start it off? Well, I had a subject in mind, but the subject I had in mind I want to give more time to. And since we're not going to have a full hour today, I thought we could cover a different subject. Well, we can, you uh, know, tap into anything, really, but uh, yeah. it's all good. I, I actually came upon this article here uh, that I didn't read much more into except for the uh, title and the subtitles, okay. and I thought we could kind of talk about that, and, and you mentioned you mentioned something about dreams, and uh, reoccurring dreams is one of the thing so the, the title is five signs you've reincarnated on this planet before oh good one okay yeah, yeah. let's go for it uh, so one of them being reoccurring or prophetic dreams now okay. I, I cannot say that I've ever had actually a reoccurring dream that's exactly the same every single time I know you can and we yes, talked I about can. that before right is there anything else you wanted to touch on that, maybe? Um, well, one thing that I noticed about my re reoccurring dreams is certain things change a little bit in them. They always happen in oh, yeah. my grandma's house. She's dead now. Um, but sometimes the house is empty. Sometimes it's empty and has really bad electrical things, like if I were to plug something in, it would spark and start a fire in the wall. Sometimes it has furniture that I know that she has. Sometimes it has other furniture, but I know it's hers in a dream. Sometimes she's not there, and sometimes she is. Hmm. So there's elements about it that change, but it's yeah. always at Grandma's house. The, and I, I have to wonder if some of the elements that change maybe are symbolic of things that I'm actually working through in my psyche. It, it, it could also even represent different lifetimes that I have had with her, where there was abundance, where there wasn't, where there was a lot of problems. I mean, it's all guesswork for me right now, but I yeah. find it really fascinating that probably 50 to, well, no higher than that, maybe 60 or 70% of my dreams take place at Grandma's house. Wow. I was yeah. just about to ask, is it just this specific reoccurring dream at Grandma's house, or is it... Well, just... it's both, because most of the time when I dream, I'm either by Grandma's or I'm near Grandma's, but when I have the, the specific reoccurring dream, it basically entails me being there, and I have to go home the next day, 
and there's always a mess that I have to clean up and I get frustrated. It's like, okay, I got to fly home tomorrow. I'm not packed. I have this huge mess to clean up. And then I always go, wait a minute, I'm an adult and I don't have to go home. I can make my own choices and I can stay here as long as I want. I can live here if I want, you know, it's that kind of thing. But I always feel frustrated like, oh, I, I'm not ready. I'm not done. I'm not done. Is this, where is this in Utah? <laughs> uh-huh. And so were you there a lot as a kid? Um, we usually went up there uh, during some weekends for visitation, you know, to see my dad because my parents were divorced. Yeah. Um, but that didn't last a long, long time because visitation just kind of fizzled. And then we moved to Yellowstone Park. Oh. When I was an early teen. Like the national so. park, you can live there? Well, you can if your parent is a, uh, gets a job as a park worker. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cool. that's cool. We we actually bought a campground, <coughs> sorry, outside of uh, Yellowstone Park, and we ran it for a year, and we, we just did not do well at it. So then he got a job. My stepdad got a job with the National Park Service, so we actually moved to um, Mammoth Hot Springs. Oh. That's right in the park. Huh. And they actually provide you with housing, so. So I, I figured it out. Okay. In your last life, you were your grandma's dog. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so you uh, never know. As far as reoccurring dreams for me, uh, it's often I realize, like, because I've always had deja vu's my entire life, and I, I'm mm -hmm. usually it stops me in my tracks or something, and like, Bye. oh. A deja vu and and it doesn't continue really it just stops right there it's like a second mm -hmm. long and it's like in my dreams I do the same thing I'm like oh I've done this before and then oh, I wow. start realizing I'm dreaming or or something and uh, it's yeah. just I don't know if I just ha I'm gifted with this ability of recognizing things that happened before or, or something or, or what but it, it does it does help uh, with awareness and being attentive and and just mm -hmm. like uh, becoming lucid, I suppose. Right. In life, I get exci excited every time. Still, I'm like, yay, yay, deja vu. But I just continue on now. It's not as. I mean, it happens so often that it's not. A <laughs> right, and and deja vu is cool because it's it's not just a a little feeling like oh, this feels familiar. I mean, it has felt that way before, but so often for me anyway I feel like I know I have done this before yeah I even know what they're gonna say next sometimes you know yeah well usually uh, although you said that you did this yeah oh, go ahead. usually for me deja vu is quite literally uh, I remember waking up from a dream or somehow a meditation or something and actually recalling that situation in the future and not really understanding the persons, places, and things in it, uh, and then wow. it, it just like when it comes comes true or whatever, uh, it makes sense. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember this, and it comes with the feelings of, you know, who I'm dealing with and all this stuff. And that's uh, that's another one of these subtitles here. Another one of the signs is deja vu. Ah, well, there we go. <laughs> yeah. I recall my my dad. Uh, saw a house up on the avenues in Salt Lake City and 
um, he had to go to to a house. I don't know if he was delivering something. I, I don't remember that part, but he told me that when he walked in, he knew he had lived there before. He knew every room of the house. He knew every nook and cranny. He knew everything about it. And it was so intense it actually freaked him out because he had never in that life been in that home. Yeah. You know? And that's, I think that's kind of the deja vu they're referring to, too, is actually recalling people and situation. Well, not that specific situation, but the place you're in. And, Mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I, I think my deja vus have been a little different than most people's. And, what are yours? Indifferent? In I mean, as far as I remember dreaming about them, and it's funny, my dad has, has mentioned that this the same thing. Actually, I've had that happen before, too. Yeah, and uh, it's funny because my dad, while I, I started traveling and it seemed like I was leaving the church or whatever and really I'm just getting deeper into uncomprehensible version uh, he he thought you know the deja vu was something to be guided and you're guided through and that's kind of what I learned about it and that you're on the right path and you're, you're doing you're going with the story that's been written kind of thing and, oh, yeah. and uh, then he some reason when I came back and he came to the conclusion that no it can't be that it's guidance and and everything i think he's trying to tell me that mine you know it's like it's actually saying that you're going the wrong direction oh (laughs) and uh, to and fro i mean can you be unstable in your faith trying to figure it out enough like that it's you know when it gets when it gets to personal experience actual experience you're not trying to figure it out anymore you might be trying to edit like trying to comprehend what you went through but you 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 know it's like it's firm it's solid you know right. it's there and you don't need to debate it and and try and figure it out anymore right it's like keep trying you you have you know a van gogh painting there in front of you and yet you keep trying to paint different strokes over it trying to get you know that image to make more sense or whatever and, right and, and and you're making you're destroying the painting instead of just acknowledging the painting as it is and trying to describe it perfect yeah, yeah. i know we we so often want to know the truth and like we have the whole truth and nothing but the truth and this is common in a religion an organized yeah. religion as we know um but i have learned and of course organized religion would argue with me on this, but I have learned that just like the title of this radio show is I Don't Know Crap, that to me is success because you can't know the whole truth while you're here. You just can't. We aren't in a place where that's even possible. I think that we can learn a lot, especially if we go into really deep meditative states and and out of body. I mean, Mm -hmm talk about the different vistas that you can explore I mean big time but I don't think that you can know the whole truth because I don't think there is a whole truth I think that it just goes on and on and on and on and on and and that's where the joy lies is in the journey you know just experience here and now and, and quit trying to say or feel like you have the whole truth it's just yeah. damnation it stops there you can't you can't have anything more. It's like your mind is closed. That's it. And you stop seeing the purpose of, you know, 
evolution in your own life and we're, right. we're growing and evolving and if you think right. you're already written perfect and you're just running free from there then you know you're not you have no space to grow I mean, literally exactly. to learn is the opposite of created perfect like mm -hmm. to learn is an idea of evolution and somehow people think that's different uh, right yeah exactly. and I mean quite literally this perception to have a perception you need to divide yourself in some sort of fashion so mm -hmm. like being physical at all is is the decision to divide yourself in order to somehow go somewhere and if you're right. one with the place you're going you're not really going anywhere right and you're not really learning anything because you are one with all that knowledge and everything so you're not in a perception at all so, right so that perception is is yeah, as you are in perception you know there there's got to be at least one thing that you don't know of and and so you can't really be everything even though most of us it would be you know 50 percent uh 75 percent maybe 99 percent of the world that we don't even know of the mm -hmm. universe i found that um when i was religious tying into that a little bit i i never really thought about this life as joy i all i could think of was the next life I lived for the next life, you know, if I do this and this and this here and I suffer, suffer, suffer and sacrifice here, yeah. then my next life is what's going to be cool and that's going to be the do all, the be all, the everything, the end and I'm just going to be happy for eternity nice. and it's, it's a private hell though if you really think about it, not yeah. living now. Yeah. And, and then some people question right at the end of their life. They're like, oh, man, what was I doing? Did I not live? <laughs> right, right. It's sad. I, I want to live my life. I want to enjoy my life. I don't want to just be here to go off a big checklist of, you know, I served, I did this, I did that. Ah, oh, darn, we had some technical difficulties. We recorded a whole nother half an hour to the show or something, and uh, it turns out my recording stopped. So, sorry about that, Christy. I didn't even notice. That's quite all right. So here we are again. I We were just talking about deja vu, and I know we lead, led into unexplained phobias and fears and attribu attributes, I said last time as well, uh, attitudes. Uh, so, try to remember what we talked about. Okay, well, let's see. Did we already, did we record the part about Deja Vu itself? Uh, Is that where we left off? I think so, yeah. Uh, we were just talking about the painting, and and uh, right. you got into the knowing everything, and people not being able to know everything. And, right. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, and then the, the next... The next thing on the list was um, the phobias then, right? You know, now that, that I think about it, I wouldn't mind going in a little bit more on deja vu. Um, okay. And I was saying that uh, I, I literally had dreams and remember the dreams when I'm having a deja vu usually. Uh, mm -hmm. Yet I started asking as I was traveling and try, trying to understand a little bit better uh, what these deja vus are about. and. And I did write it in some of my quote book, 
because I, I get pretty in-depth, solid quotes, uh, phrases and stuff uh, from spirit and not really big book ideas or anything. Well, I do get big book ideas, but they don't go anywhere because <laughs> I don't do that. And, uh, well, so it was told to me and kind of described to me that because everything is ultimately who I am and everything is is the mind of the consciousness of the Son of God in, in Christian terms, uh, you're recalling yourself. Like, you're not actually recalling a situation you're not actually recalling, uh, you know, this scenario, this position and people, uh, but you're actually recalling uh, quite, quite literally the the essence that is being manifest into that experience, uh, and and the habitual pattern of where that consciousness is coming from. Oh. So, like, you're starting to see beyond the veil, but just enough to, you know, still have the veil, and you're just right. so you like, you it's that feeling. Uh, you know, the familiarity is of God and not really so much of the actual experience. The experience, mm -hmm. y your mind tries to find a place for that and says, oh, it's happening here and this, this thing and that. And, you know, it makes it into deja vu about the form, but really it's just a misunderstanding that your deja vu has always been the recollection or coming into a recollection of, of God, the most familiar feeling that you have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, just, I want you to, to branch off just a little bit right here, okay. just briefly, um, not only for my benefit, but for listeners who might have the same question, or two okay. questions. First, you know, you say that you are receiving these things from spirit, so if you could give me a, your definition of spirit, and secondly, um, what was my second question? Okay, well, we'll start there, that. and then, yeah. then I'll the second <laughs> so spirit's a little uh, questionable on understanding because it's almost uncomprehensible uh, to us who are so intently focused on this physical world uh, for one in in shape and form terms it is the whole holy energy the holy uh, spirit world the holy spirit uh, of all energy and form uh, and and that that manifests into physical reality and and the energy that connects us all and everything. So in understanding of of it that way, uh, in the same sense, is it the those who are obsessed with this physical world, it being that bridge or that closer to the reality of what that energy is manifesting, uh, called the consciousness of Christ, opposed to the consciousness that is here after the physical body. Uh, and that's the ego, so the bef the consciousness part in which is before. So, so people you hear it being taught that is is a bridge to all understanding. So being taught by spirit, as I'm saying, with that is is kind of as I'm still in this obsession with the physical world and the ego and and everything. I can uh, ask and and receive the answer from from spirit and the willingness to to be wrong and not really have any knowing about it, not really expecting any specific answer or anything. And and it's it comes in, you know, several forms. A lot of people think of it as clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience and stuff that seems to be kind of uh, beyond uh, the the palpable sensations our five senses give us. Uh, 
um, but it, it is going tapping into that all complete knowledge of what is all God and uh, you know as I mentioned and I believe it's still in the recording uh, about we have to be separate in order to perceive uh, anything is kind of the experience of what we're doing here and so in that decision then we made we made ourselves separate from the complete knowledge of God so that we can experience and go the whole expansion of knowing every last little bit of it as we're learning and progressing in this whole thing uh, and spirit is is kind of the idea that is keeping all knowledge in its place while you are you know on your little travels in forgetful land uh, is, does that help understand yeah, it does and, and one thing that I'm kind of getting from it too or else it's just you know my own thoughts uh, when we seek the spirit the guidance of the spirit we're actually talking to ourselves in a way because we're everything and everyone and I mean when you look at oneness in that way so a lot of people say well that's you talking to your higher self but your higher self is is still you and it's still everybody else just because we're all connected is, is that correct in your mind yeah so when people are usually referring to the higher self they are referring to the soul experience uh most most of the time and that is closer to the complete knowledge of God yet it is still in a perceptual world it is still in in a dream type experience of being energy and spirit world and and of love and and impartial and it is what most people know of as heaven um, and uh, and it being Holy Spirit we like to put an H-O-L-Y on it but it's it's with a W and two L's it is the whole entirety of the universe and there is no no real bound to it you're not really really stuck to you know can we communicate with aliens absolutely in this idea because you know the energy is is completely flowing and and in multiple places at once mm -hmm. yeah. i agree well i did remember my second question um perfect when you mentioned the veil I'd like to hear your interpretation of the veil. I think it probably, the answer may be in the things you just spoke about, how uh, we needed to be separate in order to perceive. Yeah, but. so like, I remember using the terms, I don't I hope it's in the recording still, I don't know what's in the recording still before this, uh, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself. Uh, there, it, it is funny because we do use terms like you know the other side and uh, dying and coming back or even just where you go or you know leaving or transitioning and all this stuff and you know it's really kind of uncomprehensible uh, to the understanding of the physical world because we want to put it in space and time in the same sense and yet Right now, you're looking at the, you're looking at the spirit world. You are in the spirit world right now. You you have never left. You have never, you're not going back to it or anything. The only thing that's going to be happening, is is the same idea of what you have in consciousness, where you are obsessed with this idea of being separate. You are obsessed with it and therefore see it all as physical. I mean, in the idea of your your dead grandmother could be 
over here and yet you see it as a chair you see her as a chair you know you, you're this angel over there you can see literally be seeing it as a, a wall instead of an angel and you know your subconscious mind is putting determining on what you're seeing even if it experiences this metaphysical stuff it's so obsessed with physicality that you know seeing Jesus over there is a bookcase uh, is you know completely possible yet yeah, of course it seems like well is well the bookcase is always there does that mean Jesus is always there and things like that and you know it's it's really not understandable in time in the whole essence of time we like to make you know the instant of the this holy place to last forever and uh, that's that's like what we're doing in going to death so like we're, the idea uh, of being in the physical world is really just an idea that we're obsessed with and uh, when you do die or when you eventually accept that you are dead um, and and you it may seem like to go through this death experience what you're simply doing is allowing yourself to let go of that belief you're like you're finally giving up on insisting that it has to be physical insisting that you're seeing the shape and form and all these judgments between you know this object and that object and uh, this person and this floor or whatever and and now you allow yourself to experience the physical or the spirit world yet but what 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 about a child oh see i can hear myself again i'm sorry i don't know what to do about that um <clears throat> a little child who you know looks at this whole world in wonder and they have lost all their memories and everything and and they get cancer let's say and they pass away are they letting go of this obsession on a soul level and that's why they leave early because normally a kid doesn't want to leave they're like this is fun you know everything looks new to them yeah i mean it's tricky because you're talking about somebody else uh and yet at the same time like what you're getting what you're moving out of uh is not necessarily going to happen with death so the whole reincarnation idea and everything it seems like you're going out of this physical world because other people's bodies do stay while they seem to be no longer animate animated and then you know a reincarnation would be coming back to then animating a new body or whatever but you know what happens on the other side in the spirit world just like you're actually seeing the spirit world right now and putting your ideas on it you're going to do the exact same thing when you finally do let go of the body but it might be a less resistant one uh, it might be a you know a little bit more flowy a little bit more understanding you know like in the movie what dreams may come they still eventually decide to come back uh, right but they he still had to see the world the spirit world in kind of a, a safe understanding to his psyche or whatever and uh, so he wasn't in too much resistance of what's happening I mean like people in that hell idea in the movie they're in complete resistance to believing at all any of it is different or in that it ever happened and and so they're in this repet repetitive cycle thing that just just happens and that's what a course of miracles is about is that you're training your mind to you know see heaven and then when you actually do uh, finally allow yourself to let go whether it be of death later on or death right now 
you can you will see the spirit world and everything so like with with a child for an example if that child was you uh, it's it, you know it's not really soul experience the soul is just as real as the physical body and even though it's an intended dream by God and where it's an, an approval of love and happiness uh, it, you know it is still it is still the consciousness that is perceiving the entirety of the thing uh, that is making the decisions that is actually going from spirit to body spirit to body so you're not I mean it's it's not really so really it's like where do, where do you what are you in this scenario about you know if you really want to come to the understanding it's you know other people do die but what happened to you right. you know it's you know when you were <clears throat> you were talking about this earlier the, the thought came to me was it's almost like we're daydreaming because you know you talked about how we might perceive the bookcase as being Jesus or whatever you know yeah. I mean I'm sorry perceiving Jesus to be a bookcase yeah um, that's how I am anyway when I daydream I can be I can be driving a car and not see the road mm -hmm. because I'm daydreaming so deeply that I'm in that daydream it's like my subconscious takes over and does the driving for me um, so when you were talking like that I kind of thought in the same terms you know it, it the daydream is so so deep that we are in it you know we yeah. see it feel it does that make any sense yeah and like a good uh, metaphor for it yeah and instead of turning to uh, someone that is real and asking you know what can I how, what am I dreaming or am I daydreaming instead you turn to an image an idea of someone it, within the dream within the daydream and asking you know where's the road and they don't have any idea what the road is and yet they'll make up an idea and this is what the ego is about is like they make up an idea well the road's right here and it might point at something else like a tree and and you're just oh this is the road that I've been looking for and you know you you don't even know that you're not understanding correctly because you're now stuck in this this day this dreamland um, and it comes with all the thoughts being somehow logical when the, you know, they're not in the reality and that's kind of what we have done what we you know are doing right now hmm. in the physical obsession that is. yeah wow yeah but we think it's fun don't we <laughs> yeah no absolutely i know that i chose to come back and want to experience this i i want to fulfill a specific story purpose that I have set for myself and you know I want to see if I can do it and I'm gonna make it the hardest thing possible to achieve and and you know even if I fail I'll come back again and do it later right yeah. I have no problem anymore uh, you know giving that up or not giving that up and just saying yes I, I'm choosing to be you know lost I'm choosing to you know, do, do do the dream. I'm choosing to believe that trees are roads, uh, you know, and, and really not accepting the fact that there's actually an issue with this. Like, guilt isn't, guilt is the one thing that's not real above all else. Mm. 
So now, so we, I know we got into a few other things. There's unexpected or unexplained phobias and fears. We didn't, uh, mm -hmm. I know we talked about sharks. And, you want me to repeat that story or? Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe sum it up or something. Well, I, when I was a, a young teen, I went to see Jaws for the first time in the movie theater. And for some reason it, terrified me beyond belief i i was traumatized more than a person should be and i don't i didn't understand it then but i mean i i was like panic attack stricken and had to walk out into the lobby of the theater but uh, as an adult i had a very strong recollection to the point of reliving it of uh, a past life where i was a young male and I appeared to be Indian, wearing a, a white loincloth type, like it almost looked like a diaper, but it was just cloth, you know. Yeah. And I was diving under kind of deep water in the ocean with a long spear, so I could spear fish underwater. And a great white shark uh, circled me and then came up behind me, and you know he was so big he opened his mouth and snapped me into his mouth, and I, I bent in half. And I could feel the bones crunching, or hear the bones yeah. crunching. It was like I kind of went numb. Nasty. Um, felt my lungs pop and everything, and felt myself being pulled down his throat until everything went black. And I realized that my fear of sharks probably stemmed from that death, because I remember the terror of, of that death. Yeah, it was well. horrible. That, you know, saying all, all things going black, it definitely brings back memories for me and it's you know every time we do die and are going to die uh, we're going to remember so much it's just going to be so profound we're going right. to we're going to like laugh at all these things it's going to be hilarious and well remember i told you i i would have a, a repetitive dream about this was in another show we did yeah. about being on stage and doing plays and you know yeah, yeah, yeah. it was all with the same people only I played, I took turns doing the different parts, and sometimes I was even a stagehand, or I did the curtains, or I was the director, and I I thought of that as being shown that I re reincarnated over and over again. And sometimes I was a spiritual guide, and sometimes I hmm. I was the head honcho, and sometimes I played a really crappy role. Um, we just play these different parts, and that's just how it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the chewing brings up the recollection of why I believe I was a wolf at one time and uh, experienced the life as a wolf. Uh, I don't know if I was being challenged or if I was challenging uh, the alpha of the pack. However, I did lose, and I remember being dragged by him uh, up, up in front of everybody. or was kind of around in the center of everybody. And, and talking about other wolves uh, and being thrown down on my back on this stone and he howls and then everybody howls and he chomps down right in, in my crotch area and, and just like a huge bite probably going all the way up my stomach and stuff and uh, just being ripped apart and then everybody charges at me and rips me apart and I wake up and I was all numb in in between my legs and everything and, <laughs> and it's interesting that that's where you would get bit because you yeah. know in uh wolf packs and dog packs uh 
you know, that's the the organ, or not the organ, but the, the instrument used to create, you know, and yeah. that he didn't want you, the weaker one, to be creating babies, you know, he was the alpha male, and so it's interesting that that's where you got, you know, bit first. Yeah, and I don't know if in, in the physical world, if I was waking up from when I got circumcised or something or what, but I know it was later, a little later in my life. I don't know exactly how far, um, but uh, yeah, it was so real. I, I insist that I was a wolf. I even started kind of taking on the wolf idea. Uh, and, and it's funny, I just ordered a, a Boda bag, which is an old fashioned like water, water, uh, leather, oh, yeah. water holder thing. Right. Um, and, you know like shaped like a teardrop kind of thing mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know how he got the idea but he sent me in one with the wolf printed on it oh. <laughs> I, I didn't ask for that then I actually wanted it empty and nothing but then I fell in love with it as I got it I'm like oh it's perfect wow <laughs> that's interesting that you would have a memory of being an animal you know so and, and you know I in Sedona I saw some wolves running, and as I think about it later, and I know they were big, I saw them as really big uh, in the distance, and I'm thinking about it later, I'm like, it was a lot farther than I'm, you know, remembering, uh, or I thought it was, and they were huge. I mean, these were like huge wolves with big backs, like arched backs. I mean, yeah. it's like, it, it's not something you see as wolves. I mean, you can't even really look up wolves like that. And right. I, I kind of tried to, seeing if people saw them before, and it was daylight, and it was pretty out in the open. I don't, really I don't know if I was seeing something or, or, or what, if it was real or not. But, I mean, that's almost like the shape of werewolves. Right, I was <laughs> just going to say that. It sounds yeah. more like a werewolf. <laughs> I mean, being huge, like bigger than me, way bigger wow. than me. Uh, oh, wow. And there was no, two no, no, of them no. that I saw, and you know, wow. But they were off in the distance, and I'm like, wow. So the oh. other one is uh, a distinctive birthmarks. I know uh, we mentioned a little bit about that, and out of place memories. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I I do want to re-mention again for those who don't know this, um, it's a, a widely held belief that. Bookmark, bookmarks, okay, yeah. Birthmarks uh, can very often um, be indicative of a place that you were injured or killed in a past life. For instance, if you had a birthmark on your rib cage, it might be somewhere that you got, you know, stabbed to death or or a, a mark on your forehead. Somebody could have hit you, or you could have gotten in an accident and banged your head. And, and of course, there's not like proof of this, but there are many people who have done past life regressions or just gone into a really deep meditative state and they were shown these things, you know, they were killed a certain way and they have had a corresponding birthmark. Yeah. Well, I, I did have a birthmark on my butt. I can't really see it much anymore, but I think I grew out of it. Maybe that's where I was bit. <laughs> So the other one here is the misplaced memories, or uh, I don't have it in front of me now. Uh, memories, out of place memories. And you know, I don't, 
remember actually in this lifetime being in a Volkswagen bus until recently uh, but when I did I had a lot of flashbacks and everything as a remembering living in it and the shape and the feel of it and and everything and and it brings me to I'm pretty sure it was in correlation with the on meditation course the first time I had a lot of things happening including remembering my last life uh, about about uh, being this kind of old hippie uh, beard and everything and traveling around in a Volkswagen bus or mm-hmm. and uh, and I even found A Course in Miracles towards the later end of my life and and everything and I was, I was traveling around being a hippie and and I, I was even told, talking to Spirit in, in conversation about it, that my my wife from that life is still alive in Washington State. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if anymore. I mean, that was like t- eight years ago, nine years ago. Wow. Um, yeah. You could have died young though, because when we recorded this before and we lost it, you had mentioned that you died of a heart attack. Yeah, I did, and uh, I, you know. Specifically, you know, I can't even remember, but I was told a date that I died, and I think it was, I think it was 78 or something. I don't completely remember anymore. Uh-huh. I'm not as obsessed with this stuff anymore, and I, I'm more right. like here in this life now, and you know. So, right, that's how I am too. It's um, interesting. I mean, no doubt. Yeah. I, there was a time where I did obsess over. It. No, yeah. No, it's beautiful stepping stones in life that we need for understanding. I do want to touch into the points that we talked about before about uh, how I was told at that time that the heart issues, the heart attack that I had was was uh, involved the angle, anger issues. Uh, oh, that's yeah. how it was described to me. And that I've kind of worked through these and had a lot of them come up in life and I feel like I'm finally through it. But, you know, who knows? And I don't mind bringing up anything else again and seeing if any more healing needs to happen uh i remember you asked me you know what it has to do with and and that it is anger and and stuff uh you know the breaking your heart oh that breaks my heart you mentioned yeah yeah Yeah, that's that's what i was told that you know so many of us walk around and say things like that oh you're breaking my heart or that broke my heart and our heart can literally break in so many ways and i think that the heart is one of the the more common ways that uh, is a physical manifestation of an emotional problem. You know, yeah. there's a lot of heart problems in a lot of people. Yeah, and it's tricky because uh, someone can have pretty much be in the same energy and 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 hear the same story, and you know, that's breaking my heart. One person takes that approach, mm-hmm. and the other is like feeling a pain in their gut and stuff like that and right, and someone could be headache. so much in their head getting a headache yeah I was just gonna say that and uh, and and it, so I mean we can all take that so really anger for an example is not really an emotion uh, you're feeling a sensation that would be more direct to what you would call an emotion and then you want to do something about it and anger is is kind of a chosen per, way of doing something about that uh, like you feel that sensation of being betrayed and that's heartbreaking 
uh, and they're deliberately betraying you and oh think about the pain and with that and and then anger is more like oh what am i going to do with this and i'm you know kicking and screaming and i'm going to take them down and 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 you know trying to use it you know and and multiplying it and taking that emotion that sensation just making it exerting it is that a good word i don't know making it huge and and just expanding it and and so it as far as it being for anger issues for me, not necessarily for everybody, but it was more like I died of my own temper tantrums. And, right. you know, the blood pressure is, you know, you get pumping and you get angry and, and everything. It's more like, I, I don't want this happening, so I want to try and make it different. That You know, the thing that's happening is, is that sensation of feeling. Uh, you know what? You are pegging this because that's where people usually stop. They stop... Uh, at the point where they could do something about it. They could use the anger for a tool, which is exactly what you're saying it is, um, and, and work with it. Okay, I'm going to use the example of somebody, a kid on the playground who's being bullied, okay? Um, okay. Normally he would feel this anger coming up, you know, but he would be way too afraid to do anything about it and he would just cower. But if you get him to a certain point, He's going to just say, I've had it, and he's just going to yeah. start swinging. Whether he loses or not, he's using that anger as a tool to to do something that's going to benefit him. But if he goes to the playground day after day after day and feels this anger and upset every single day at these bullies and doesn't do a thing with the anger, that anger works in his body in any number of ways it could be working on his heart it could make him have migraines it could give him diarrhea yeah. anything yeah so i think that you're right what a great way to look at it that the anger or any emotion that you feel is something that we should really look at and use as a tool instead of it just being what we think is a feeling or an emotion yeah and and kind of what we do with it is becomes a habit and what would like choosing anger because we think it works or choosing sadness because we think it can get us our way you know pouty eyes and you know they're like okay i'll give it to you and you know right. whatever whatever we do with it right because ultimately the emotions are undefined and it's a sensation of energy movement and you know guidance and everything and we, so the resistance makes it into an emotion uh, of, of negativity aspects and all this stuff you know, you know it's like uh, your subconscious mind is trying to tell you you know what is you know with disease and everything it's trying to tell you what you have as a habit and you can use that uh, what diseases and and things to look in into your subconscious and to try and look at the symbolism of what it means and and attempt to open up that place where you're hiding this urania zone in your mind and you're keeping it separate and and whatever and it's like it's as if like uh the subconscious uses your body as a television or, or oh, one yeah. of those old tvs and and you keep putting up the same image and eventually it's going to burn its image onto the screen and that's kind of what a disease is doing exactly this is really a good good <laughs> way to put it in perfect form and, and show what it's really all about. It's just great. 
Oh, is there anything we talked about before that I'd like to touch on again? I don't... Let's see. Okay, we did the deja vu and we did the birthmarks. And oh, you mentioned something about uh, your family having webbed fingers or something. As a common. Oh yeah, and I, yeah. Like That's on my cool. dad's side of the family, there are several people who, on both hands, have their middle fingers fused together. And my brother Mike was born that way. Do they still have it that way, or do they? Did they like cut them apart as kids or something? Well, with my brother, and my brother's dead now, but um, they, when he was a couple of years old, they, they separated the fingers and then they took skin from his growing area, growing, gosh, huh. growing <laughs> area and put it on his fingers to cover up the bare spots. And it was kind of funny because he grew uh, pubic hair on his fingers oh, on nice. both hands. But I don't know That's if good. that is like some sort of emotional trait that is like in a soul group that needs to be worked through. I don't know if it's yeah. like a birthmark. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's interesting. I guess some things we will never know in this lifetime until we're right. willing to really get deep into it, until we really, really want the answer. I mean, we have to willing be willing to, like, above all else, want to know some things. Right. And I mean, I sure hope it was in the recording before, but talking about how, you know, if I see myself in perception at all, I am dividing some aspect of myself and keeping myself separate so that I can perceive. Uh, if I was one with the thing I'm, I'm going to this place, if I'm one with that place, I'm not really going anywhere. So I right. need to divide myself up from it. And it's the same sense even from the beginning of time with god dividing into the son of god uh so that it can perceive itself mm -hmm. um and and then just continuing to reflect and divide reflect and divide in that you know until we have this third dimensional existence and this fourth dimension now now with a consciousness that's perceiving this third dimension and all this stuff it, it you know it's just we what what can we do with that where can we go with that what's the purpose of of perception and do we really want to come back to the understanding of actually being united actually remembering something beyond experiencing something metaphysical and this the dreams and past lives and everything is it opens up the door to really stretching our minds to beyond the laws of simply physics and and that we can only have a specific way about ourselves and we can't do anything different and and I, I encourage everyone out there to really look into whatever you feel guided to look into and and you know if it intrigues you and you want to know more you can message us you can talk to us you can you know look for other podcasts as you are doing here and uh, just keep looking keep looking you're being guided to awaken and it's a beautiful thing it is yeah. So thank you for being here with me again, Christy, and taking time to record this again. I'm glad we didn't just finally get to it. We we got to a whole bunch of it. So. Yep, that's right. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> that's right. Well, it's been great. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. Have a beautiful day. You too. Yeah. Talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Bye-bye.